Hello and welcome to Dystopian Deep Dives with your host, Natalie Donna. What follows is a conversation with Megan Murphy, who has made a name for herself speaking out against transgender madness. Uh, We talk about Twitter, cancel culture, Matt Walsh, actors, and who you should check out if you're interested in the cult of gender. Without further ado, here's the episode. Excellent. So I won't won't try to take up too much of your busy schedule there. It's all good. No worries. Yeah. I know that it was hard to find time. So yeah, no, that's, that's it's amazing that you were able to, and I super appreciate it. I keep deleting Twitter. I keep deactivating it. Uh And I know that you're banned from Twitter and I was listening to your interview with James Lindsay and he said he felt free after his perma band and wasn't thinking about permanently returning. Do you ever share the similar thoughts or? I think a lot of people have different relationships to Twitter and to their suspensions, if they mm-hmm. have indeed been suspended. I mean, there's obviously the broad issue of censorship, which is, uh, you know, really concerning that a social media company with so much influence, you know, people act like, oh, it's just Twitter, but it's not just Twitter. I mean, we all, this is how we operate as a society. You know, this is where journalists share their work. This is where we access news and information and ideas. And this is where you know, so much of the public conversation happens. Um, And so it's a really big problem when people are prevented from accessing, participating, and when these corporations with, you know, uh, ideological and political biases um, are determining what speech is okay, what information the population is allowed to have access to and to share and so on and so forth. For me as an individual to be banned from Twitter was really quite upsetting and concerning to me, but that's because of my specific situation and my work. So I'm an independent writer, journalist, podcaster, YouTuber. So I don't have access to any other income beyond Sorry, my dog. <laughs> no worries. That's cute. Um, she, so uh, this is how she communicates. She's not barky, but she's quite whiny. Um, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't have access to any other income beyond what my supporters donate to me. Um, right. Either by, you know, being subscribers on Patreon or Substack or through donating directly um, to feminist current, um, you know, all of this work is work that I do totally on my own and I don't have institutional support. I keep everything I do ad free, um, intentionally. Um, I, I mean, partly because I don't feel comfortable selling anything that I don't you know like I would do that if it was something that I truly truly liked and believed in and I was like this is awesome totally out (laughs) out of my sight that's very rare but it's partly also that you know like I don't want to be beholden to advertisers I don't want to be in a vulnerable position where I say something that they don't agree with politically or ideologically and then they pull their funding and that was funding that I was reliant on um, yeah. For me to not be able to access something like Twitter, that means that I can't access my audience. It means I can't share my work. It means I can't, it's a real big impediment in terms of my ability to contact interviewees, like mm-hmm, my ability mm-hmm. to connect with people that I'm trying to work with and to have on the channel um, and and to stay connected to the women's movement like it's it's really kept me out of the loop in a lot of ways like it's you know you you can find other ways to kind of keep up but if you're not on twitter you really miss a lot in terms of 
that conversation and it's that's my job like it's my work so um i think for james uh i think he's you know possibly not reliant on twitter for an income and maybe mm. for an audience i mean you you would think he would be but he yeah he doesn't seem interested i i don't love social media you know like when i did get kicked off of twitter I wasn't really on any other platform. Was it about like two years ago or something? Yeah, it was the end of 2018. Oh, um, wow. Even longer. Okay. I know. I can't believe this was so long. It doesn't seem like that long ago. <laughs> no. it's, it's like, yeah. So, like, I guess, you know, two and a half years. Wow. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, like, but I didn't have a public Facebook page, I didn't have a public Instagram page. I only had a public Twitter page. There's a crazy thunderstorm going on right now. I don't know if you can hear that in the back. A little bit. Yeah, I thought it was a car, but. It's really loud. Like, it's really close. So hopefully the power stays on. Um, yes, that's. <laughs> last that's night, the great. power went out, like, for an hour, and it was right when I was supposed to be doing a stream. It was just a oh my private stream. But I was like, oh, I was just, like, sitting around in the dark for half an hour, and I was like, okay, I guess this isn't coming on, so I'm going to go out. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, so actually, are you involved in any feminist organizing in Mexico or? No, no, I haven't connected with anyone in Mexico, really. I mean, my Spanish is really bad, so that doesn't help in terms of connecting with uh, other Mexican or other feminists who are living in Mexico, who are mm -hmm. Mexican and therefore Spanish speaking. I also like, it's not like if I was living in Mexico city, that mm -hmm. might be different, but I'm living in a really small little town that's yeah. not political in any way and is not. Sounds relaxing. Oh, I love it. It's great. <laughs> like it's a weird, like it's funny because it's like, it, it's a really little town, but it's quite busy and we do get a lot of tourists. And so it's, a, it's, it can be pretty crazy. Like in the summer, it's less crazy because there's, it's not our tourist season. It's the low season. Mm. Um, in the winter, it's a lot crazier. Um, so there's like, there is like a lot going on in town often, but I do find it very relaxing and calm and sort of an easier, nicer lifestyle. I feel like there's a stronger community mm. here. I mean, you kind of know everybody. So you, I, I never feel like lonely or isolated, you know, like I leave the house to go to the gym or the, like, you know, to a restaurant, to the store. And I, I'll see like three people I know on the way. Like if anything happens, I can just, go outside you know like i could go to my neighbor's house i can walk across the street to the bar across the street like the you know like it's nice to feel like you're around people that you know i mean and i think in cities people get quite isolated and i think mm -hmm. living in a city can feel lonely especially as you know, people have been pushed out on account of not being able to afford to live there. You know, like I lived in Vancouver oh, yeah. my whole life, so I always felt pretty connected. But at the same time, the area that I was living in for a very long time, you know, about 15 years before I moved here, um, which was the Main Street area, it changed so much that whereas at one point I would leave the house and walk down the street and run into a bunch of people I know, um, all those people could no longer afford to live in the area. And so the people that started moving into the area who could afford those houses and condos, which were extremely expensive, even the rents were extremely expensive. I was mm -hmm. lucky to be in an apartment where I had very, very affordable rent and they just were not raising my rent. So I got pretty lucky there. But, you know, at a certain point I was like walking up and down Main Street and I was like, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> like, I don't know the people at the coffee shop. I don't know these people at the sidewalk. I don't know these people at the bar. Like, and that's people? shitty. Like, it's like you want to be able to go to like your local and see your friends. Like, that's what I right. liked about, you know. I'd say this, a similar thing happened in Philadelphia too. It's just uh, not the same town. 
um, mm-hmm. anymore. And I don't even know how some people afford to live here. It's getting to be a lot like New York uh, with rent prices. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I never thought <laughs> I never thought that would happen here, but it is. Um, so sort of cycling back to this like Twitter kind of situation. Um, you know, they label a lot of things. I'm, I'm sure you're very familiar with the work that you do as, as like hate speech, right? Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what you think of that the concept of of hate speech. Do you have any thoughts? I on that? I no longer believe in the concept of hate speech. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm opposed to the concept of hate speech. Yeah. Um, and I didn't always feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I've changed my mind about a lot of things over the past few years um, on account of so many different things. Right. On account of being canceled over and over and over again. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And being like, oh, this group seems a bit culty. Oh, this group seems a bit culty too. Then I was like, oh, maybe there's a problem with ideologies and movements. And I think I'm going to stay. I've always been pretty attached to independence, but I also always worked with other feminists and groups and aligned myself with the feminist movement. And for a long time, of course, aligned myself with the left. And at a certain point, I was like, I don't want to align myself with anybody. I don't want to be beholden to people. I don't want to be beholden to groups. I don't want to be beholden to movements. I don't want to be beholden to politics, ideologies, ideas, anything. I want right, to because be- it can be very like um, thought terminating. You know exactly. You can't. You don't. You lose the freedom to explore, to learn, to say what you want, to ask certain questions, and. So I, and you know, like it's, it's really important to me to be consistent and not mm-hmm. hypocritical. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, it became very clear to me that what constituted hate speech was determined by someone, most likely the state. Um, and that would be based on ideological and political biases. And so there's nobody that can be trusted with that kind of power. Some people are going to feel that this is hate. Some people are going to feel like that is hate. And, you know, I have been subject to a lot of really hateful behavior. I've been Mm -hmm. subject to, you know, endless threats. I've been subject to so much libel um yeah just for saying that you can't change your sex right right and even even before that you know even when i was you know speaking critically about things like prostitution and pornography yes yeah the left was trying to cancel me and accusing me of being whorephobic and um i always love that one (laughs) it's it's a crazy word and nobody like when you say that because most people who are who didn't exist in like the feminist blogosphere for 10 years or like, right. I'm sorry, what was that? I was like, Oh, horophobic. You don't called, know that one. They called you what? <laughs> I know. They're like, Oh my Lord. And, and you know, like I was called, they like swerf and turf. Yep. Yeah. We're, you know, sex worker, exclusionary feminist. They're both disingenuous in, in similar ways, but mm-hmm. you know, like I don't, I just feel like as somebody who's been attacked and threatened and libeled more than the vast majority of people in this world, like, I think it's like, you can take it. Like it sucks, but you know, it's so there, they are just words. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's different if there's, if there's an overt threat of violence, that's illegal. Yes. Like you can't actually threaten. You can't go to say, you can't say to somebody, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. You're not allowed That's to actually to harass people. <laughs> there is such a thing as criminal harassment. So those things, you know, those are crimes already. Everything else, whatever. Yeah. People can say whatever they want and you can challenge them or you can disagree with them or you can ignore them you can block them on social media Turn I mean, off this... the computer whatever you want oh gee like <laughs> man i get i get so annoyed at people who complain about harassment on twitter and i'm sorry to say it, it's 
it's often women and it's often feminists. They're like, uh, this harassment, people are harassing me. I can't take it. And it's like, do you block them? Block yeah, everybody. Block, me. block, block. Isn't that block. like the transgender, like, uh, sort of mantra, like, block and stay safe? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, mean I just, it's, so or, or get off, get off the computer and go outside. Yeah, I touch like, some grass is you, another one they say. Oh, I tell, <laughs> I tell people online all the time, I'm like, you should go for a walk. And I'm being serious, like, because, you know, like, I, I'm sure it probably comes off as, rude but i'm being honest because it's like you know what's helpful when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and all you're doing is arguing with people online or you're trapped in your algorithm mm -hmm. is to close the computer and go outside for a walk yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, go I, talk to some humans go take your dog for a walk buy a cup of coffee somewhere or tea i don't know yeah totally i i totally agree with that um and I think for just personally, Twitter makes social media has always made me feel some type of way. And I just sort of just I'm like, OK, I'm I'm going to step back from that for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have, you know, any kind of income or, or anything like that. So it's a little bit different. Um, and I can totally understand your viewpoint uh, with, you know, needing it to uh, spread your work and get subscribers and, and, and things like that, because I know that that's how you rely on income. Um, and so I've also been working on an idea about what I call like a decentralized net cult, uh, which I think transgenderism can serve as like an obvious example where basically the same message is disseminated by various people. Uh, sometimes I see this in leftist and, you know, so-called feminist circles and, and, and feminist, right, is such a vague term now. I think it's mm -hmm. people don't really know what I'm saying when I say that. But I even in the sort of radical feminist sphere, let's say you get these kinds of personalities or people and they all sort of are saying the same thing. Have you encountered this kind of phenomena? I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just, but, just kind of like, uh, okay, so with transgenderism, they, they all have sort of a similar message, right? A similar ideology. And mm -hmm. they're like a bunch of different people that are kind of memes of themselves that mm -hmm. kind of say the same thing. Like everyone argues with me, you know, cults have to have a leader, blah, blah, blah. And, and we sort of talk about how transgenderism or genderism is kind of a cult. Um, and I'm trying to say like, it doesn't in this case need a leader because it's, it's on the internet. So it, it, it's the same ideology, but it's spread by like different kinds of people or mm -hmm. they're not even different kinds of people. They're basically the same kind of person spreading the same message, but there are different individuals doing that. Like an example would be like uh, with transgenderism, it's the easiest one. And I've been looking at it for longer than I'd like to admit. Um, mm -hmm. But like, so you have like someone like ContraPoints and then you have someone like Philosophy Tube or whatever the heck that dude's name is. Like they look exactly the same and they're mm -hmm. saying the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, do you ever, do you ever kind of observe the same thing in other sort of like leftist groups or, or things like that? Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of the reason why I started The Same Drugs, mm -hmm. which is my YouTube channel and my other podcast. And then, of course, I'm still doing the Feminist Current podcast. Um, because, I mean, I like Feminist Current I, is really important in terms of you know, there there weren't any other websites for no. a long time. There have I've been some that, was that one have of popped the only website I found speaking out about this topic. Yeah, and, no, and about was... pornography and about prostitution. There was no one else talking about this. You're like the OG. <laughs> yeah, there were there weren't like that's. I mean, that's why I started it. Like there wasn't because I was, you know, trying to get published, and I was in journalism school and. I, it was just, it wasn't possible because no other feminist website in North America 
would publish anything that was critical of prostitution or pornography or of like sex positivity or even mm-hmm. BDSM and certainly not gender identity. Right. Um, and, you know, so I'm still trying to cover that movement and advocate for women's rights. But I also started to feel like I was like, I don't want to just say the same thing over and over and over again. And I found that a lot of the feminists that I was engaging with um, were saying the same thing over and over and over again. And I started to be like, wait, what does that mean? Like these, these are starting to sound just like mantras and the things that we criticize trans activism for doing the, you know, so-called trans rights movement of doing, we we're also doing ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you weren't allowed to ask questions like you weren't allowed to question or challenge these mantras um you know things like believe women and i understand what's at the root of things like that you know in terms of that specifically believe women you know women have for centuries not been believed or taken seriously when they talk about rape or about domestic violence I, yeah, like, you know, believe women ended up becoming this thing where anytime a woman said anything or made any accusation, like you couldn't question her. And that wasn't okay with me because I do still believe in due process. And there have been incidents where men have been accused of very vague things, like been accused of being abusive um, or of harassment. And then Nobody will actually detail what happened. Um, They won't provide evidence for what happened. And then someone's life is ruined. And yeah, it's a man, but men's lives matter also. (laughs) Men's lives matter. Yeah. Like, Uh, you know, and so. (laughs) I know, right? It sounds funny to say, but like, it's like blue lives matter. (laughs) But uh, you I mean, know. I think my problem with it, uh, and I did step away from this topic, specifically transgenderism, because like, I don't know how many times I can tell people, you know, my opinions on it. I think it's a very uh-huh. straightforward <laughs> situation. And so I found your website and I found there was the gender critical Reddit that was there for a while. Now it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I sort of at the time radical feminism was really new to me. And I I kind of did a huge, I gave myself sort of a 101 course. (laughs) I read all these books and I started seeing people saying things like, oh, you know, like you can't uh, wear makeup, right? Or uh, like, you're not supposed to shave. I I don't shave anyway, because I'm lazy. Okay, that's it has nothing else to do with anything. I'm not super committed to shaving. But I'm always in shorts and tank tops. So I do kind of get to it in a like half assed way. But (laughs) I'm just a lazy jerk. And so I was sort of just like, okay, like, I already don't do that. And I sort of did staunchly believe for a while, like, yeah, you shouldn't wear makeup or, and I think there are a lot of good arguments as to why, you know, why or why not, right? It's not mm-hmm. um, a black and white issue and they make things into kind of a black and white issue uh, a lot. To, and I, I felt like, okay, well, this isn't really open-minded. Like, I feel like that's still punishing women for operating in whatever way they want to in the society. I'm like, that seems, you know, a little antithetical to your whole message, in my opinion. Um, Not your message, but certain, certain radical feminist message. And so this is actually another question from a different friend. She wanted to know, how do you deal with reactionary feminists who judge your life choices? (laughs) I mean, I really just ignore them. Mm-hmm. Like I do. Like I, like I, when I say I've been canceled by everybody, it's like, you know, I was, I've been canceled by, I was canceled by the liberal feminists a long time ago, right. but the radical feminists all canceled me too. Um, and <laughs> the leftist feminists all canceled me too. And the entire left canceled me, of course. <laughs> but um, I, I don't, I don't care. Like I I used to, I used to care a lot more about, I didn't want to piss off the radical feminists um, Mm -hmm. because I thought of the radical feminists kind of as 
my people, you know, those were my allies. And I think that's a now problematic way of functioning. I don't, mm. I don't deal in allies, you know, if there's people that I find interesting and who have integrity and that I trust, then right. I'll work with them. Um, I'll work with all sorts of people and I'll have different boundaries with different people based on whether or not I trust them or not. You know, I do, I have to be really careful about who I trust and who I work with because they've of been course. burned so many times. Um, but like those people, I really just, uh, now I just ign ignore them, you know, cause I'm not going to argue in defense of makeup. Makeup is stupid. <laughs> but I like to wear it sometimes, you know, yeah, you like, know it makes me look nicer. Sometimes stupid things are fun. <laughs> sometimes stupid things are fun. I don't know. like. And the things that, I mean, I get criticized for so much are like, oh, she she flirts with men. Like, she's always flirting. And I'm like, like I don't know. Am I? Like, I'm not doing it on purpose, which means this, I guess this is just my personality. So you don't like my personality. That's fine. Also, what the hell is wrong with flirting? Like, I'm heterosexual. Like, the idea that I wouldn't flirt with men. It's like the way the way that I am, I think, is kind of flirtatious. And I think I'm sort of like that with women sometimes, too. Like, it's just I'm like I'm a social person and I mm -hmm. like talking to people and I get along mm -hmm. with a lot of people, despite the fact that I'm also like you know, kind of snobby and judgmental sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, like I think I probably do seem like I'm flirting with all sorts of people that I'm maybe not necessarily into. Maybe you're flirting with me now. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> just kidding. Who knows? But like, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it's that it's like, if that's the case, like, are you like, I feel like some of them are mad that I'm happy or socializing mm. or that I'm laughing. And there's probably some people that I interview that I like vibe with more than other people, which is totally natural. Yeah. And with some men, maybe there's been a different vibe, but it's not, it's very obvious to anybody that knows me that I'm not out there like trying to sell my sexuality like i'm not no. putting my tits all over the internet i'm not <laughs> on only fans like i'm not desperate for attention i'm not like posting selfies all over the place that are obviously like pouty lipped and like seeking validation <laughs> in that kind of way yeah but i think what you've done is very strategic though because you're now able to talk to people who are, you know, maybe you don't agree with everything they say, right? Yeah. But but you've you've cultivated this kind of uh, show or um, platform or whatever you want to call it, where lots of different kinds of people talk to you. It's actually incredible. Like it's amazing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I yeah, I, I, I can talk to whoever I want. Like, and I think I was way more limited before, um, both in terms of what I could learn, you know, like, it's this is such a, it sounds cliched to say, but it's such a blessing, what I do, because mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to talk to and learn from 1000s of people. Um, yeah. And I've, I've learned so much about the world and about various issues um, through and perspectives being on them, perspectives, yeah. being able to do that. I've changed my mind about all sorts of things as a result of just talking to different people and learning and understanding their perspectives. Again, like, you know, it's, you're, it's very rare that you're going to talk to anybody where you agree with them on everything, but, um, and, you know, like, and I'm able to have an impact on those people too. You know, right. the amount of the amount of people, you know, the amount of men who've said, you know, like, I always hated feminism, but you seem fine. Like, you know, <laughs> and like you seem you know, cool. <laughs> well, like you're not like uh, irrational or hysterical, or you don't hate men and whatever. And you know, and I've been a I've had the opportunity to explain the the feminist view of gender identity mm -hmm. to audiences that never, never, never would have heard it before. It, yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan's audience, like they would have no idea who Janice Raymond was. They would have no idea 
that there were feminists that were critical of this idea for feminist reasons and would certainly never be sympathetic to that view. Um, so I don't know, people were mad at me for talking to these various people. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like these people I always have think it's a, kind of funny. I don't know. I talk, I would, I literally will talk to anybody. Like I really don't, yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> just uh and and it is limiting you know again that sort of thought terminating situation where you're like well i don't want to piss off this contingent i guess you know mm. I, I won't talk to this person i remember i remember going down to dc and actually you were there and uh there were it was like lear keith and karadansky and everyone on the internet was like oh you shouldn't go they're gonna go talk to the heritage foundation blah 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 and i'm like i don't <laughs> actually i don't actually care because we're at this existential crisis moment where the the whole definition of what it is to be a woman is being tinkered with in a really really bad way and it's being legislated and so i don't actually care who listens to this message like Go wherever you want. Scream it from the rooftops. Like this is a very, I think it's a very important issue. Um, yeah. And I mean, I just, the argument, no one's been able to answer me when I ask them, you know, like when feminists or women comment on my stuff and say, um, well, you know, like it, it's your fault that the right is taking over this issue because, you know, you engaged with the right and i'm like that doesn't make any sense i talked to somebody on the right and that's why they took over this issue of gender identity or trans activism versus women like if anything i feel like me talking to them would help them understand again the feminist perspective which is yes. good if they're going to start acting on this issue but also like I don't have control over what the right does. <laughs> right. You, uh, if you the control. right wants to come along and be like, trans activism is terrible, that's not up to me. <laughs> Whether I talk to them or not. Like, and it's, it's so very, cool. I think it's very obvious. It's come to a very sort of like a boiling point, I feel like. Like no one was really talking about it, let's say like 2018 or something. Mm -hmm. And now in 2022, it's sort of, a big topic that people are grappling with and the public is finally realizing, you know, like they're giving kids these horrible drugs and basically mutilating them like no one. And I think the feminist perspective is a better one. That's just, you know, what I think, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't control like the daily wire and, and Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and all of their bushy eyebrowed glory. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. And it does and it does piss me off what Matt Walsh is doing. Oh um, yeah. But it, but you know like I have no control over Matt Walsh. And Yeah, in what I, world would you? That it doesn't I mean he doesn't want anything to do with feminists. He never has. He never will. He hates feminists. That's why, you know, he I thought I thought his his film was good. I thought it was funny. Um, and I thought it, you know, did a good job of pointing out the absurdity mm -hmm. of gender identity ideology and showing that these people couldn't even defend their own arguments and beliefs. But I think that the way, you know, when, when, when gender critical feminists, as they are called, um, or call themselves sometimes, yeah, it depends on who you ask at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't call myself that. I don't call myself anything, though. You're so, just Megan Murphy, yeah. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and they started criticizing him and being like, why didn't you talk to any of the, you know, these big-name feminists who've been doing this work forever? Why did you exclude women from this conversation really and i think that's a fair criticism mm -hmm. specifically with regard to matt walsh just because i know that he did that on purpose because he wants the glory like i do think he's yes. got an ego and i think he does want to present himself as the lone voice who's brave enough to stand up against this and therefore it would not serve him it would not serve that narrative 
to talk about the fact that there have been women who have been fighting and fighting and fighting to get this out into the open to be heard just to talk about it, right? Right. And then on top of that, he goes on Twitter and he says that he, oh, we we talked to anyone who was willing to talk to us and I reached out to all these feminists and nobody would speak to me. And it's like, that's a lie. Now you're just lying. Like it's one thing to be self-serving. And, you know, and he's making a lot of money off of all this, like, which... And then he stole the the T-shirt idea. You know, and then, yeah. And then the Daily Wire is selling Posey's T-shirt. Like, come on. And he he could have talked to her. She's not a feminist. No, well, she for sure would have talked to him. She for sure would have. And and he knows who she is. Like, of course, he knows who I am. You know, I'm sure there, there are plenty of women that he could have. I'm sure there's some feminists who would have said no way. But there right. are plenty of women who 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 have been in this fight who would have talked to him, and he did not try. He never contacted me. The Daily Wire knows me. I know Ben Shapiro. I blurbed Ben Shapiro's book. They the Daily Wire has interviewed me several times for articles. They covered my um, my Twitter banning, um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I like. I, well, I, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to the Daily Wire. You know what I mean? Like, I like Ben Shapiro. There's all sorts of things I don't agree with him on, but I like him. Um, there's lots of stuff that the Daily Wire produces that I find useful. Other stuff I don't like. But the fact that he was dishonest, and he was dishonest, again, to serve his own narrative, because he wants to present this as, like, I'm dunking on the left and on feminists and look at how like only the right is willing to stand up on this. And if he acknowledges that there were feminists, like even left-wing feminists who were speaking out about this and fighting on this, then it destroys that. So it just, it's, so it's just, it's disingenuous and it lacks an integrity and I don't respect that. Yeah. Um, Is, uh, is the transgenderism movement a house of cards? Do you think it will fall eventually? Yeah, definitely. I think it's falling already. I mean, the problem mm-hmm. is that it's been um it's been baked into institutions yes. um, and into the law, which was why I tried so hard to speak out against Bill C16 back in 2016, 2017 was because I was like, okay, it's one thing to be talking about this arguing about this like but you know it's another thing if you're making a law out of it <laughs> like yeah, legislation is hard to undo <laughs> so exactly it's harder to undo than than get done um, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so i i think it's falling apart in that people are not going for it anymore Um, I think people, a lot of people were not aware that it was happening. And then when they became aware that it was happening through like men trying to compete in women's sport and through this whole transing of of kids, Mm -hmm. they were like, what? This is going on? This is crazy. No, like, no, a man can't be a woman. This is ridiculous. And so I think that, yeah, I think that it's, it's become an obvious joke, but it's also angered a lot of people who are not putting up with it. And we can see that the tides are turning in terms of the sports issue and in terms of the trans and kids issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, the, the transitioning of kids is one of the very, very, very worst parts of all of this because the yeah. reality is that a lot of kids' lives have been destroyed. And now they're coming back and suing or their parents are suing um, and these these places are being shut down. Tavistock is an obvious example. And, you know, we're hearing people start to speak up, even in Canada, which is shocking because nobody speaks up in Canada. <laughs> um, and so I think that stuff is going to end. It's unfortunate that kids' lives had to be ruined in the process. Good Lord. Um, but I just... I wonder what's going to happen at the state level and um, in the classroom. Yes. I'm I'm actually really, uh, as an ex-teacher, really upset about what they're teaching children. Um, And I I remember listening. 
actually, I just did this. I just listened to what you were saying to James Lindsay. And I think that's, it's fascinating that these teachers, you guys talk about how they take on a sort of political activist role within their classrooms. And, you know, they, they're there to like shape the youth, you know, it's actually very Maoist. And I think he kind of points that out, um, you know, like co-opting the youth culture. And I think it's so scary and it's very upsetting because in the end, it just, I think, sort of creates an identity crisis and, and children don't need to think about this. Children need to learn how to read and write and do math, like basic stuff. You don't need to confuse them with this kind of crap, like I, it's so upsetting to me and it's, you know, I'll watch like the, the libs of TikTok on, on Twitter sometimes. And I'm just like, these people are crazy. And I, I'm really upset that they're even allowed around children. And I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine thinking these things in a classroom with kids. Like I'm there to help them learn how to read, you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's appalling that these people are allowed to be teachers while they're behaving this way in public and in front of their students and saying these things to their students. It's totally inappropriate. And people were so upset about this so-called, like, don't say gay bill, which, first of all, it never says this in the legislation. <laughs> no. I read it. Uh, it never says that. And um, it's really tame. Like when you read it, you're like, oh, okay, so they don't want kids learning about sexuality uh, up until third grade. Like, wow, how how controversial. Like what? I know. I know. I it's until third grade. Like these people are so ignorant and they don't even seem to care. Like, and I, I mean, it's hilarious to me that 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 opposition to this so-called "don't say gay" bill um, was led by, in many ways, by actors and actresses. And right. I mean, I just think that actors and actresses should shut up about oh, anything I was political. That to my friend, I was actually I was making a joke to my friend and I said, you know, they really just shouldn't let them speak at all in public. They should just make them act and never let them out of their mansions or whatever otherwise. It's true. Like, they it's never, true. Like, they should not <laughs> share their opinions about anything cuz they're so stupid yes. and, it's, and ignorant and it's so destructive because they say these things and people are like Oh, okay. Let's all, yeah, let's all get behind that. Like they have this huge influence and they're mm -hmm. just like brain dead dummies. I was just listening to Tim Dillon's interview on Rogan and he said something similar. He's like, he's like, these people don't even know who they are. Right. Like, they're good at being actors because they're sort of these bland nobodies and they can fit themselves into any role or character. He's like, I can't do that. Like I can't play anybody other than me. And mm. I feel sort of the same way. Like, I'm just like so much me and can't not be me. <laughs> like, Plus, if you, if you like really think about acting, it's like professionally lying. Like, that's. Yeah. <laughs> that's and they're, and they're all. Yeah. Yeah. They're all phonies. Like, that's their job is to be phony. And, and, you know, the vast majority of actors, I think, are total narcissists and they're totally self-absorbed. But, you know, they, they're not in any position to have any authority or, you know, I mean, anybody can have an opinion about anything, I suppose. But it's like, they very clearly don't know what they're talking about. And they very strongly believe that they do know what they're talking about. And it's maddening. It's obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did want to say one more thing about James Lindsay because I feel like I never finished answering your question about oh, okay. Twitter, which is that just, well, just, it's just that I think, um, like, I, I, I appreciate that he doesn't care, and that you know, I, I don't know, maybe Twitter has become more toxic since I, I was banned because I actually kind of liked Twitter when I was on it. It didn't really bother me that much, but it can feel overwhelming and you can get sucked into scrolling or arguing yes. and it's a huge energy suck like it's yeah. it's draining and it kind of makes you feel sick um like it's i don't use facebook suck. that much for that reason because it's like i feel like if i'm 
scrolling through Facebook, which I really don't do anymore, but I used to scrolling through Facebook or like you comment and then you get in an argument and then it's hours later and you just feel kind of like gross and tired and dead. And you're like, wow, that was a good use of my day. Like it's not, it's not great. And I, and I, and I also think that I, I hope that just like more and more people get banned and then everybody's like, fuck yeah, this. I think you said that like, it'll just be the, the, people it'll just be keffels ratioing no one mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um like they can I, all talk amongst themselves then like yeah. is that is that interesting or fun like i don't know what's the, i feel like if if everyone leaves or gets banned from twitter who Who's has left? an opinion that isn't you know in line with the democratic party ethos <laughs> then like why would anybody bother with twitter because that's not interesting <laughs> exactly and i think my i hadn't ever been on it i was i was like a bratty little jerk that was like oh no like they can't limit what i say like the whole character limit like when it initially <laughs> happened and i was like no i'm never joining it and then i did in like 2020 briefly and I just was like yelling at Andy. No, <laughs> it's like uh-huh. I was like, call these people, you know, by their actual sexed pronouns. Like, please stop, uh, yeah. you know. And I was like, I don't like how I'm acting on this. So I I turned it off for like two years, and then I went back on, and I'm like, I don't know. So maybe for me personally, it's just very overwhelming and and strange because I just never used it before. And it is a total time suck. Like if I'm supposed to be doing research or something like this, like I have to, I'm like, nope, I'm going to turn that off for a while. Um, But I come back on when I'm like really bored. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I have to, I I try to look sometimes if I kind of want to know what's going on, but it's not... You know, I sort of, I rely more heavily on either people telling me, like a lot of times people will like text me tweets <laughs> um, oh, or like Instagram stuff or whatever, because I don't, I try not to spend a lot of time scrolling through Instagram either. But um, I think a lot of the information that I get now is via like Substack subscriptions, which I think yeah. is probably better because you can, uh, you can choose to listen to and read people who you trust um to be you know providing you with good information or analysis or whatever it's not just you know limited character hot take (laughs) um do you is there anyone in the like so-called gender critical movement that you think is doing pretty good work yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I love Posey. Uh, mm-hmm. Posey is great. I think she's like, she's so charming and witty. And mm-hmm. I don't know, she seems like she always has like the perfect response, which I am envious of. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, um, there are some women in Australia who I think are great. There's Sal Sal, Sal Grover. Um, there's oh god, I'm really bad with names. <laughs> all the Scots are amazing. Like all the Scottish feminists, I think, mm-hmm. are so hilarious. Um, and they just did this. Um, they just did this campaign where they got a bunch of people to mess with the census and to, to challenge the fact that they were replacing sex with gender. And I think like thousands of people got, you know, like an actual piece of paper census rather than filling it out online and messed with it and drew like broomsticks and witches and stuff all over it and said you know when they ask about religion they said i'm a believer in biology and when they asked like how they got to work they said like by broomstick and and it really messed things up and it got a lot of attention um and i mean i think jk rowling is great i think maya forstetter is great um uh, I think that Kathleen Stock is doing good stuff. I think that Wolf is doing great stuff. You know, Kara Dansky is doing good stuff. Um, 
I mean, Amy, I just talked to Amy Sousa today who organized the rally for Julie Jamon in um, Washington. Um, Julie is, of course, the woman who is banned from her pool for not wanting to have men in her change room. (laughs) Yes, yes. At the YMCA. Lord. Um, So she's, I mean, uh, she organized that rally and that was pretty amazing. Um, I think she's working on some more things. Uh, uh, (laughs) Oh, I think that Redux is awesome. Like the, the women who started, do you know Redux? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They seem to be doing some good stuff there. I'm really forgetting people and then I'm going to feel bad. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, no worries. Um, It's really, I just assume if people are listening, maybe they don't know what we're talking about. So I like to throw some stuff out for them to like, you know, follow up on if they want to. Because this this podcast is all over the place. I talk about all sorts of. I got very bored with transgenderism, and I sort of went off on oh, my own. Oh, I know. I and, know. And um, I I think it is a big issue. I think it's very important. But I also have this attention span that's like, okay, I already have my opinion on it. Like, I don't I don't want to think about it anymore. I know. I mean, uh, I I get like that too, where I'm like, okay, everybody already knows what I think. <laughs> Like, I don't want to just keep repeating myself. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's like, I don't think everybody just wants to keep hearing over and over and over again what I think about transgenderism. And and I'm also interested in so many different ideas right. and issues and people that I want to talk about other things. But of course, I keep coming back to this because it's important and it's crazy. But I, I understand that feeling of being like, okay, I've gotten pretty deep into this. I'm moving on. Yeah. Um. And so I guess I'll just wrap it up. Um, one more time, where can people find you and your work? So feministcurrent.com is my website. The Feminist Current podcast is there, but it's also on you know Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everywhere else. The Same Drugs is on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. So Megan Murphy's YouTube channel. Um meganmurphy.substack or substack.meganmurphy. Yeah, I always forget which order it is. I, I think if people just type it into a search engine, they'll find it. So Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and I yeah, I really appreciate people who are subscribing to my Substack. Um, I love Substack. Substack is like this. It's super easy to use. It's super mm-hmm. clean. I love the way it looks. You can write there easily. You can put your podcast there easily. I I think I found so much good stuff there. And I actually just listened to Joe Rogan's interview with the guy who started Substack. And they're totally, really, actually committed to free speech. Um, And so I feel that it's a safe place for people who want to challenge the dominant narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, I am on Instagram at Megan Emily Murphy. And uh, the Same Drugs podcast is also just on all the podcast apps. Um, I'm on Patreon at Megan Murphy also. And I do, I offer early access to interviews um, and I do private streams there sometimes. And I I let um, patrons sometimes offer questions they'd like to ask to future interviewees. So, um, and yeah, again, I appreciate the support too there financially. Um, and I think that's about it. 